This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Eben Novi Williams, and this is the Scott's on his worst behavior sports business podcast, The Sportacast. Yes, I'm tired today, Eben Novi Williams. I'm very tired. Somebody was standing for two plus hours at a Drake concert. Uh, <laughs> uh, I will say last night, uh, we are taping on Monday, Sunday at Madison Square Garden. Not the Knicks, not the Rangers, not the Circus. Not a fight. What else would be? Not WWE. Not Taylor Swift. (laughs) Not Taylor Swift. No, no, no. Just me, 18,000 friends, and man, nobody wanted to sit down. Uh, Ever heard of 21 Savage, by the way? I have heard of 21 Savage. Oh, you have? Okay, I had not heard of 21 Savage. Uh, Let's just say (laughs) You were the only person there that had not heard of No, no, I don't think that's true because there were quite a few chaperones at the show, if you know what I'm talking about, including a a certain uh, investment banker from Inner Circle Sports who was uh, a few rows behind me with his daughter. So if we had an award for most embarrassed kid, uh, it could have been his daughter or my son, like... My son literally literally said these words to me. Why don't you go walk the concourse until it's over? Wow. Yes. Did not like having the old wow. man Jackson's next to him. Jackson's on his worst behavior. That's... No, I, I totally get it, by the way. I totally get it. But I will tell you this. Uh, I don't think you've said the name, by the way. Whose concert were you at? Oh, I didn't say Drake? I don't didn't think I say Drake? Drake? No, no oh, I think you said right, 21 sorry. Savage, but not Drake. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so at the Drake show, uh, very good, but... You know me, I look at everything in the lens of sports business, and, I, and I'm sitting there trying to figure out sort of what, I, what are teams doing well, what are they doing differently, what can they learn from this show. First of all, the melding of sport and entertainment is Drake is coming down the stairway, and he's being like, you think he's just got these huge bodyguards with him, right? Well, he did have two huge guys with him as well as bodyguards, but one was Giancarlo Stanton and one was Aaron Judge. <laughs> so I was like, right off the bat, know your audience, right? He's in Madison Square Garden. Here come the Yankees. I can hear Yankee fans groaning at this, by the way. I, I don't know if you know, but Drake is like the Madden curse of, of celebrity sports fans. Yeah, like, I know. I, I know he bounces around. He wants the Kentucky Wildcats when they're lot. good. Exactly. And Raptors teams when they win. very bad right after he gets on the bandwagon. I, 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 well, I don't think anybody rooting for the Yankees these days would, would be considered a bandwagon <laughs> fan. It's fair. not like they're running away with the decision. Totally uh, my fair. son with the joke of the night go, Dad, no truth to it that Stanton uh, pulled his hamstring on the way down. 
So thank you for the 14-year-old. Thank you, thank you, Jackson, for the joke. But this is what this was the real sports business lesson that I, that I'm watching. You know how each arena they have like one or two things that make it feel like all right, this is special to our arena. This is something we do. Like in the national anthem, when they say night, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Vegas, everybody screams night. All right, that tells me I'm part of this community. I know what's up. I know what's coming. If you're not, you're sitting, you're like, it takes you by surprise. Oh, wait, what was that? Why did everybody just scream night? I don't think teams do enough of that. And Drake, to his credit, he's going, he's working the stage, and he's turn, he stops singing, and he's putting the microphone out. He wants to gauge sort of who knows his old, old stuff, like, are you new Drake fans with the recent popularity or do you go back with me, you know, to when nobody knew who Drake was? And, and he, he was reveling in the fact that there were a lot of people who knew some there's old stuff. And then there's, wow, I didn't know you knew this old stuff, mm. you know, that, that kind of. And are there things that teams could do, whether it's during timeouts or whether it's in between or halftime between between periods, between that would be solely to that team make you feel like you are on the inside you were there when it was created you are part of the community because right now there's t-shirt guns cannons which is fun uh what do we love the most you know the thing on the scoreboard where the the coin moves around and which one is it under the you know the shell game (laughs) we love that but that's anywhere everywhere what more can they do to make it feel like this is special the provenance is Inter Miami now with Messi or the Yankees or the Dallas Cowboys. Real things that are specific to that team, that time of year. No, no, I don't no no, I don't want to go to the, the, the concession counter right now. Because this is where we all stand up and I know or Minnesota has the slow clap, the Vikings, you know? Yeah. I kinda like that. That's a little what I'm talking about here. How do we get that throughout a game? I, I think one of the one of the areas of our industry that does this really well is college football specifically and college basketball to a degree too, right? If you watch the Cameron crazies, yeah. there are, there are specific moments in Duke basketball games where certain songs get played, certain dances come yes. Wisconsin football at the start of the fourth uh, quarter when everyone does the jump around and the whole the whole stadium is bouncing northwestern um, they throw marshmallows in the fourth i believe oh is that right okay yeah yeah, yeah. uh yeah so i think there i think a lot of colleges have figured out this like idea of kind of tradition how, how are the colleges ahead of the things. pros don't we have the smartest minds in the professional ranks what's going on yeah here? it's i mean again i i don't think you and i would disagree that i think the the live product is better in a lot of college football and college basketball venues than it is at a lot of pro venues i think a lot of that is because students bring an energy to a game that pro pro sports don't have and pro, pro mls owners, has the idea mls has the supporter section that was the other That's, thing i was going to say i think why soccer, doesn't everybody have the supporter section the fact that like and mls teams do this and obviously european teams do too there's a series of team specific chants there's yes. very much a club. Do you know the chance? Yes. Do you know when they come on? There's very little of that. The 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 Rangers, the the pot fan sucks whistle. That's something that I think that's, that's you hear the one. whistle in the in the in the arena, and there's you can tell immediately who knows what's coming next and who doesn't when they yeah. hear the whistle. Um, I agree. I think there should be there should definitely be more of that because it does build a sense of community. And let's not uh, after decades and decades, let's not lose sight of the fact that Denny Potvin 
number five for the New York Islanders, led the power play. Thank you very much. Four straight Stanley Cups. You can tell I was an Islander fan that he actually cashed in on it finally. He's oh, selling socks. <laughs> Pot Van Pot socks. socks. Yeah, go, go Google Pot Van Socks. Way to go, Dennis. Smart. One, Smart, one end yeah. in Dennis, by the way. One end in Dennis. See, little things like that the real fans know. <laughs> if somebody writes Dennis Potvin, D-E-N-N-I-S, you're not a fan. right? And now you can get Pot Van Socks. I love it. I love it. So when Drake comes back to New York in two years, Scott, are you rushing to, uh, to get tickets or is one show enough? Only if it's God's plan. Nice. I knew you'd. I knew you'd impress. I knew you'd. I knew you'd be impressed. You know what else I'm impressed with? The offer to Killian Mbappe. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You give me those numbers. That was a. By the way, Drake does that in between. He does like. I don't. I don't like it. Oh, is that that's his ad lib now? That's his thing. Yeah, I don't like yeah. it. But just mm. for that, that is my. I'm gonna say it right there. I'm, I'm lying in the sand. I don't like it. I don't <laughs> well, know what it Aubrey, is. Aubrey, if you're listening, uh, get yeah, rid of that. Uh, yeah. By the way, that may be something that I'm talking about where it goes way back, and there's a reason for it. And I'm out. I'm out of the clue. <laughs> but as somebody who doesn't know what it is and what I don't like it. Go ahead, Mbappe. Fair, go ahead. fair. Yeah, Kylian Mbappe, the the 24 year old uh, French soccer star. Um, some people I think would argue maybe the most talented soccer player on the planet right now uh, was the latest to get. Get one of these massive inflated offers from from the Saudi Arabian League. It's got a three hundred and thirty million dollar that's U.S. dollar transfer fee offer to Paris yeah, Saint Germain. Yeah, let, let's make clear that's not his salary. That's not the salary. That that's is just to just free him up. The transfer free to PSG and then seven hundred and seventy five million dollar reported salary offer. So put those two things together that this Saudi Arabian League is preparing a one point one billion dollar package to get one of the best, if not the best, player in the world to Saudi Arabia. Uh, we've talked on this show. The, the, the Saudi Arabian League and, and PIF, the Saudi Arabian Sovereign Wealth Fund, are, are working in concert, offering massive chunks of money to stars of all types. Ronaldo went over there. He's on the older aging superstar level. Kareem Benzema in there. And then there's some younger stars like Firmino and, and Ruben Neves who went over that are on the younger side. Mbappe would be a whole different league here, and it's obviously why they're offering a whole different league of money. But a $1 billion uh, package here uh, would be the highest paid athlete by a, a, a very large sum uh, instantaneously if, if he does accept this and if the numbers are real. But it just shows how quickly and how dramatically Saudi Arabia is moving into buying the best soccer talent in the world. I like the way you say moving into it. It's, it's more like, you know, like it's bulldozing the home next door. Yeah. A, yeah. You're not moving into their store. That's fair. Yeah. This is an aggressive eminent domain. We're, we're seizing this and that, and we're going to build a shiny new soccer team there. I mean, by the way, China tried this. Like, this was the Chinese approach for a while, and that didn't go anywhere, and it was, you know, since abandoned. It, it was a disaster. I th- part right. of that, uh, I think China tried this nowhere near the scale that we're seeing right now, right? The, 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 there were a, a few, and, and was Falcao may have been the biggest one. There were a few players yeah. that, that went over to China. Samuel Eto'o did this in Russia five years before China did the whole thing. Um, both the Russian and the, and the, the Chinese uh, kind of purchasing waves ended up very, very badly, uh, but, but nothing on the scale of what we're seeing right now with Saudi Arabia. And, and we have Ronaldo, who, who played last year at Al-Ali, saying that this is one of the best soccer leagues in the world or is about to be, and he'll never go back and play in, in Europe. Uh, I, I do think this is this is the most comprehensive look that we've seen. I mean, it, it, it really is, and, and it's it's it was Saudi backed as well. But it's it's very similar in some ways to Live Golf, 
just of just course. offering massive sums of money to some of the most talented people in the world at a specific sport. And if the money is big enough, you're gonna get you're gonna get guys that are that are willing to go over. And and the list right now it's it's 20 plus I think of European soccer players that have signed uh, in the past year with with clubs in Saudi Arabia and. It's going to be a lot more. I'm kind of fascinated to see one how the, the what happens on the field there, and two how soccer fans who love these guys, right, who love Ronaldo, who love Mbappe, how they react to, to this new normal as well. Let me ask you this: If I'm asking you to come up with a gauge in terms of how a brand is firmly cemented in the mind, the mind share uh, of this brand around the world to its most fervent fans. EPL mm-hmm. versus PGA. Yeah. who? Which brand was more cemented? And I say was because obviously the Live Golf made a real dent in PGA. Uh, but before that, if I had said to you, which brand is more vulnerable, let's use corporate raider Gordon Gecko terminology here, to a hostile takeover. No poison pills in these deals. Which brand is more vulnerable to a, to a hostile takeover, PGA or the EPL? Which one would you have said? I would have said PGA, and I would and have said it because um, it seemed very clear that there was a tension between the athletes and the PGA, the golfers. Yeah, they and the wanted PGA more money. You knew about right the there. money. We wanted more money. We and, want more money. And, right. and EPL, I don't get the sense that the EPL. Okay. There's no real salary cap, right? You can pay PGA, uh, EPL players essentially whatever you want. So it didn't feel like there was a mass movement by the biggest stars in EPL who felt like they were undercompensated by the work that they were doing in soccer. It did feel like in the PGA and for a while, there was a growing kind of frustration between the top tier golfers, some of those same ones that ended up playing in live uh, when they had the opportunity. But there was a tension there about how much money the PGA distributed that is not there in European soccer. Um, All right, I'm going to tell that, you why my, this has a chance. That would be my argument. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why I think this has a chance. So we're driving home from Drake last night. By the way, the, the, the uh, normal route to the Lincoln Tunnel was closed. It was like one guy running this small little machine. Ugh. Ridiculous. An hour plus to get back to Ninth Avenue and, and loop into the tunnel. But I digress. Um, in the back seat, tired focus group of one and his pal. So they somehow, I don't know how we got on the topic of soccer, whatever. But this is what would scare me if I was the EPL, if I was Serie A, if I was League One, if I was Bundesliga, if I'm MLS, this is what scares me. My focus group of one and his pal are league and team agnostic. Yeah, They do not care one iota. They don't care if it says Standard Charter on the shirt, if it says Etihad, if it says Qatar Airways. They don't care. They, they are not loyal to the teams. All they are talking about, the only brands that matter to them are the individual players. Their loyalty is to the player. It is to what the player says, what the player does, what the what the player broadcasts, what the player sponsors. That's what they are. And I'm guessing, yes, a very small sample size. I'm guessing they are quite indicative of the new uh, new fan of soccer. These kids are, are just amazed with what each of the individual players can do. But are they watching games at all? 
like regardless of where Mbappe plays, are they watching Paris They're Saint-Germain watching games highlights. last year? They're are following they... Mbappe. Are they sitting down and watching an entire PSG game? No, they're but using him in the video game. I imagine. Yeah, they're, yeah, they they want to play as Mbappe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if you and if you were part of the NBA Technology Summit, you understand that you know Adam Silver and the brains at the NBA get that this is a very significant change. Uh, like I'm not a fan of the Knicks. I'm not a fan of the Utah Jazz. I'm a fan of player X, player Y, and they move around. So the technology that they showed at the summit was the ability to sort of put your face yeah. on that player's body. So you then become that player in the video game. The, the affiliation is me and that guy, me and that woman. You know, I want to play as Sue Bird. I want to play as uh, Kevin Durant, not the team at all. Uh, and, and, hey, as we've talked about a million times, Eben, the end game, the win, is figuring out how to separate my child from money. Yeah. How do I, whether it's my card that's stored on the Xbox or whether he says, dad, can you buy me this? Or I'm, or he's a little bit older. I've got my money from this or that, and I'm going to go spend it on whatever. How do you separate these kids from money? And I think going after the individual players is how you do it with them. We, we have talked uh, many times. You asked this question, I think a lot when we talk about college sports is if you could take uh, yes. Essentially, all the the athletes that are playing in a in a Michigan versus Ohio State game, <laughs> put them on a different field in different uniforms, or then replace them with uh, athletes in in the Notre Dame, or the Michigan and Ohio State uniforms, uh, but not be athletes that anybody knows. And yep. which of those two things gets watched more? Is it the yep. better athletes in the nondescript uniforms, or is it the no name athletes in the uniforms of the colleges? And I think you and I agree that the colleges are the brand the, there. The college are the brand that matter. Yep. So so we're, we may be seeing the exact op- we may opposite. We may be. We'll see. Pro, yeah. We may be seeing the opposite in European soccer where um, people are going to follow the, the, the stars and not necessarily the brands. I, I, to be very clear, I'm not worried about the EPL in any capacity, yeah. at least in any time. Listen, if I'm born in Liverpool soon, but- and, and I go to the game with my father and my grandfather and my grandmother – and my aunt, you know, we go as a family and this is brought down and you know, all you remember is growing up and and you'll never walk alone and you're watching and you're, you know, and, and everybody wears the jerseys and everybody tells tales about the good old days. I get it. That's an yeah. important brand in your life. But, but that's you're still going to. But, but the young kids say, I'm saying the young kids, even that Liverpool fan is susceptible to the megastar player if he leaves Liverpool wanting to go follow that player and see what, see what and, he does. And elsewhere. even if you take a, a team like Liverpool, what percentage of their fan, global fans are in Liverpool? 10% maybe, maybe Teeny less. Tiny. Yeah, they, they, they have fans in Indonesia, and they have fans in yeah. Brazil, and they have fans in India, and those are the fans that they that don't Stern, have the geographical Hey, time. I'm getting a David Stern reference in. I didn't plan <laughs> on it, but here it is. As David Stern liked to remind everybody, most basketball fans live nowhere near an NBA yeah. and arena and will never set foot in one of those buildings. How do you reach those folks who are fans of the game and will never touch the product in person. Exactly, and and that I think is 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 where this question gets gets hit most acutely. Is are are those people just kind of in the wind, depending on who's playing for what team, or are they building the the kind of strong affinities that was commonplace in sports fandom fifty sixty years ago? Do you have a little breathing there? A little something down the wrong pipe? What happened? I, 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 I sensed something, a little, a little weird swallow. A little, a little yeah. swallow, yeah. Yeah, what's, what's the flap called? The, the 
The, 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 the long or something long. <laughs> no, what is that called? Come on. I, have no, I know what you're talking about. I have no idea what it's called. I do, and it's now. I, I, I'm, funny enough, I'm going to say it's on the tip of my tongue. I mean, it's not. It's, it's a little not, old, but I, yeah, I know it's not really, but I can't <laughs> think of exactly. Ah, oh, this is really going to bother me what it is. Anyway, so I, I know we're a little late, but we had discussed it the day before, the day of, when, he, when Lionel Messi was going to play his first game. And I mean, did I text you when he scored? Did you? Oh, you texted me. I texted me. you. I texted you texted me. Yeah. Like, oh, With come a on. Cur- curse word, I think. I, 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 oh, come on. Truly stunning. I, I turned the game on pretty late, and I, sometimes you just you can't write that. I feel like it's an overly used term, but the the fact that that ended in the ninety fourth minute in that way, in like the most stereotypical Leo Messi goal. Why would that guy fa- is, make that foul? 22 three yards from goal what was that back to back to the goal and he takes him out what are you doing <laughs> commissioner I mean, don garber could... occupied the defender's yeah, body exactly. for a second to bring him yeah, down yeah. I'm like, yeah. what are you, come on what are you an idiot what are you doing play just, the left foot don't let him turn stop it oh, just anyway. what an incredible for what this is i mean you couldn't again you can write it it's, oh, it's exactly what apple wants it's exactly what mls that wants game it's exactly finishes, what Liga mx wants yeah, it's if exactly that game finishes in a tie wants. Everybody's like, oh, big yawn. Soccer's boring. He came on uh, when they were winning. He, yeah, they, they exactly. were tied. Oh, they scored the when he was there. Yeah. This, yeah, they need more goals. <laughs> be co- but before that, before Messi became the global story with, with that free kick, I was saying to you, I can't believe he didn't play the first half because then when he did come on, he was going head to head with the Women's World Cup game, which yeah. didn't have to happen if he played early i understand you wanting to build the build the drama and bring him in the second half i get it but man that's tough to because what how many people like seven eight million right watch the women's world cup game a lot we yeah. know, you there's one thing you know about the people watching the women's world cup game they're soccer fans mm-hmm. they probably had at least one ear or eye on the messy story but give it i mean unless they're watching two things unless they're vasu kulkarni our friend over at courtside ventures and his 38 tvs in his living room uh, you know, I, I picture in picture, I get it, but I don't know. I, I, I kind of want to focus on what I, if I have to make a choice, if I have to make a choice, you're, you're forcing them into that situation and you're just costing yourself eyeballs. It does make you wonder if you know that he's going to, you want him to play 30 minutes, which seemed yeah. like roughly the number they wanted. You, you could start him and you could put someone else on in the 30th minute, as opposed to, to waiting to the 60th minute to bring him on. But again, in retrospect, I think the whole conversation becomes moot by the fact that yes. he had a walk-off free kick goal. They did it perfectly. They did it perfectly. I'm wrong. It was exactly the way they would have wanted it. Yeah, yep, I was an idiot. The completely right way. Make sure he's on the field at the end. That's when the dramatic moments happen. That's what he's getting paid to do. Nobody cares if he scores in the 39th minute. I, I do want to shut it off. While we're talking about Messi, I want to call attention to a, a really good story that that our colleagues Eric uh, Jackson and Asla Pellet did did at Sportico last week about which is getting talked about a lot inside MLS not enough in my opinion in the fan world of MLS but um, Messi like a lot of European soccer players has not played a lot on turf in his career and a lot of the big European players who come to MLS don't play on turf when their team goes to one of the stadiums that has a turf field they load management they're getting a day off all of that Um, and there are six MLS venues that have turf fields uh, Inter Miami plays on the road at a few of them later this year, one of them being Atlanta United. And uh, Commissioner Don Garber said earlier this week or last week that he expected a lot of the teams that have turf fields, if Messi comes to town, to put in grass fields to ensure that Messi plays. 
And inter uh, Atlanta United executives told our colleagues that that's not in the in the cards. But, but let's for just say Atlanta. this, by the way, knee jerk yeah. reaction, and you're thinking, "Wow, what a boon to the bottom line when yeah. Messi comes to town." Because oh, MLS, you're not selling out your, you know, this is really you're, you're going to sell the most tickets you have all year. What you need to know is the reality of Atlanta United. <laughs> yeah, they are. They don't. The, the ticket sales are not a they problem. They do just fine. Atlanta, yeah, they yeah. do just fine. They the, the the game is sold out. There's a good chance it might have been sold out even without Messi. Uh, it, do you remember I'm, when Arthur told us years ago? Arthur Blank told us years ago that the ambiance at the soccer games was, was better better than the yeah. ambiance at the Atlanta Falcons games. Which I you think and I is, both looked at each other and said, "Did he just say that?" <laughs> yeah, I think that is exactly the conversation we had at the start of this show, Scott, about yep. the, some of the ways in which the the the, the fan uh, community building in MLS is, is a little bit different than another. Leagues. Um, so Atlanta United. Also, two other things we should we should mention on this. I think the game is in September. Uh, that means the Falcons are also playing in and around that time. So bringing in, paying whatever it is, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars to put in a turf field that you then need to take off and make sure it doesn't interfere with the the money maker tenant in that building, which is still the Falcons. Uh, I think is a big piece of that equation. Uh, it's the same thing in Charlotte which also has a turf field. It is also a field shared by the MLS and the NFL team, the can't Panthers. Can't, can't they get a sponsor for this? This this game, the grass of this game brought to you by Scott, Scott's I, Turf Builder. It's, 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 it's a great point, and I, I do think that Atlanta may be a little different, as we said, because of ticket sales, but there are people in Charlotte 100% that rush to buy Inner miami the, the road games in Charlotte, the minute Messi signed because they were like, oh, that his team's going to be here. And if Messi doesn't play on turf and the team doesn't put in turf, I think there's a lot of people that are going to buy tickets to that game and be like, oh, wait, what? But yeah, what <laughs> I, do you mean I bought Messi's tickets and he's not playing? It's like one uh, of these NBA directors where he has to sit on the sideline in a collared shirt and Yeah, his... and I was going to say, for NBA no fans, bueno. this is a thing, right? You, a lot of people buy you know games to see LeBron James Players. when he's in town, and then yeah. suddenly their load management, they're, they're, they're getting a structured day off and they don't see them. Uh, so I do, I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens at the end there. The one other thing on this is there's a competitive advantage for your opponent by putting in this turf field. You, you are making, by putting Messi on the field, you're, mas- you're making the team you're playing against significantly better uh, by paying all this money to put in a turf field at your stadium. So there, there's also a... Put in a grass field. Put in a grass field, sorry. Right. Yeah, so there's also a competitive, in addition to a business... Yeah, I don't want Messi here, playing. I mean, yeah, if you're I'm in a playoff fight, I don't want Messi on the field. I can do something to make my opponent significantly worse by no cost to me. Like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Uh, so I think there's also an interesting layer here of strategy from a from a standings and a win-loss perspective where, sure, your fans, a lot of people who are there want to see Messi, but by, by, by paying money to get a, a grass field put in so that Messi can play, you're also making your, your opponent uh, significantly better as well. Push comes to shove. Uh, Inter Miami at Atlanta, whatever the date is. There's grass on the on the field, or there's turf on the field. Push question. comes to shove. Push I comes think, to shove. Make I think the there's pick. turf. I'm going to say turf. What do you I'm think? I'm going the other way. I'm going saying grass? good of the league. Good of the okay. league. <laughs> there's some sort of shared shared cost. There, cooler heads prevail. Yeah, cooler heads prevail, and and there's actual grass. Do we do a Soshnik value add here? Whatever the yeah, absolutely. music Let's is. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I told you this already privately, but a lot of people don't know this that there was also a turf issue when Pele mm. came. To yep. play for the New York Cosmos, the first game he played in was at Randall's Island, uh, which should not surprise people. Uh, isn't exactly a uh, a wonderful uh, field. Is that Icon uh, but, Stadium or what is now Icon yeah, Stadium? Yeah, yeah, what yep. is now Icon Stadium. A lot of track and field goes on there. Yeah, but you know, probably n- not turf, not grass. I would say uh, on its best day, uh, probably back in the seventies. 
um, patches of dirt with the bumps of grass that you put. You know, you had a free kick, you put it on a high high patch of you know uh, for a nice in-step drive. Uh, so anyway. The people involved here, the NASL and the Cosmos, knew there's only one thing that mattered here was the global audience. It wasn't the people in the stadium. So they took green spray paint oh and they, they painted the entire, including the dirt. They just painted everything green so that on TV it would look like a lovely soccer field. Well, halftime, Pelé goes in to the locker room, takes off his, his boots, if you will, the socks. His feet are green. Everything's green. And he freaks out thinking there's some, you know, whatever. He's like, I'm not going back out there. No way am I going back out there. Of course, cooler heads prevail. They explained, no, they just painted it because, you know, there's no fungus growing on, you know, on the field here. It's just paint because we needed it to look good. And he went back out and played. That's but, a great story. I have not, I have not Sports heard that marketing before. back in the days. You know, it's just a matter. I, I like the fact that they understand the in, the in arena audience, meaningless. Yeah. It was about the even back then, they millions and yeah. millions of people beamed around the globe who wanted to see Pelé play his first game in the uh, North American Soccer League. There you go. Yeah, and this is something that we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about this more, Scott. Again, there's a number of games that they play on, on road games on, on turf, and if if Miami can make the playoffs, who knows? They, there may be, they may play up in Cincinnati, which is, I, I think, the best team in the Eastern Conference, and I believe they play on turf as well. Um, I think in the, in the playoffs, this becomes a much, a much more intense conversation at the league level and at the team level. Absolutely. Uh, Lionel, we're going to need you for 30 minutes on the turf, right? You know, if, if, if the game is tied or we're down by one, we need you for 30 minutes or whatever. Yeah. But I'll make, it, I'll make it the last 30. I mean, I've learned my lesson. I won't complain about that anymore. <laughs> you said there's a whole bunch of stuff you maybe wanted to talk about. I'm going to let you. Commander's deal closing. Mary Jo White report. You still wanted to talk, you want to talk about uh, Michael Jordan closing his sale. Let's what, hold what off on Michael Jordan, but let's right, talk. We're holding on, off on Jordan. Real so we're going to go back to the Dan commanders. Snyder. Yeah, the, um, and, and the, the timing here didn't surprise me but i do want to talk about it a little bit oh, uh the God, so friday the um the, the the commander sorry on thursday nfl owners vote to approve the commander sale 6.05 billion dollars to the unanimous. josh unanimous adios dan talk yeah. about a unanimous the, yeah. the nfl sends that announcement out vote has happened deal is approved can now close and literally seven minutes later the NFL announces a 20 releases a 23 page report Mary Jo White's findings from her many many month long investigation into the Washington Commanders details affirms some details that we had heard accusations that were made about the 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 team under Dan Snyder and also Dan himself obviously a, a very coordinated one two punch here Scott some some big sale news and then uh, and then the news. Um, I, I'm curious what you think about the, the 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 thinking behind the doing these things right after each other. If there is some trying to bury news number two in, in in face of news number one, kind of what you think about what the NFL was was trying to do with a very very coordinated uh, release of these two things together. I thought it would have come Saturday, sort of a weekend. It gets a little bit. I know there's the Friday news the, dump. The but- report. The, the Mary Jo White details. Yeah, I thought the Mary okay. Jo White details would have come Saturday, but right afterwards on on there's so much jubilation in DC. You know, elsewhere like we don't care, but the news that it, that it's the deal's done, right? And then sort of your findings were anticlimactic. It was sort of like, well, this is what we already knew. So, the sale of the team and by the way, the the press conference and when you've got Magic Johnson dancing and you've got Josh Harris buying beers, that's going to be your news of the day. You actually had, you had good video of it, right? The oh, report yeah. is just words, right? But when, you, when I got video of Magic dancing, 
and Magic almost crying because of the moment. And Josh introduced. You see Josh introducing his mother. I didn't see that. She's no. sitting in the front. She goes, and I think she stood up. She said, "I want to be known as Mama Commander." <laughs> Which she doesn't know they may change the name, but that's for another day. Uh, yeah. Mama what, Red what Hawk. Joshua! <laughs> Joshua! I, I didn't know we... Why didn't you tell me we were changing the name? Before I got this back tattoo. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, big wings and Mama Commander tattoo. We could, we could do this for... If we were in the office right now, we would do this for a while. Um, but so I'm not surprised. You know, yeah, it's done. It's done. All right, let me let me see. What do we know about Dan Snyder? He sexually harassed. At least they found that he yep. sexually harassed an employee. Oh, and by the way, he also you know hid some money from his partners. You know, and, and and refused to cooperate with the investigation. And refused also. To, yeah. Moving yeah. forward, I'm sitting here like there's a sixty million dollar fine. Now I know why there was a .05 attached to the uh, six point oh five <laughs> billion. You know, right? Oh, that's six point oh six would have been yeah, a little I bit too on the nose. Six yeah. would have been too obvious. Right now, I see why. So sixty mil, got it. My question, they didn't say where the money's going. I mean, if I'm the new executive director of the NFLPA, it was my players who got gypped out of that money, right? Yeah. Is there a clawback provision where they're gonna, that money goes to the unions? If I, you, you know what? I'd see Roger Goodell say, here's $60 million. We're done. You guys figure it out. You can, however you want to distribute this to your members, fine by me. We just want to be done, and we're moving forward with the new ownership group. Part of my read on this also is there There are, as you mentioned in there, there's some really damning things in, in this report about Dan Snyder. Uh, a lot of them are, are things we had heard before. I don't think anyone who's followed Dan's career closely read any of that stuff and was was really surprised. But I still I also think of this as a one last kind of gift to Dan Snyder on the way out by the NFL. They kind of hid the report under bigger news yeah. of him leaving. I believe that there are way worse things that may have popped up that could maybe have been included in the summary of the report. It just felt like a very tidy end as Dan walks away with a very big check uh, to, to leave the NFL uh, in his past. It just felt like this was the, the league doing him maybe one last favor of – Making it a soft landing and then oh I don't think no 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 they didn't no 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 I don't I don't want to term it that they did not do him a favor no Uh, no no they did them they did themselves a favor sure by by him signing off on the deal if it meant this is how we had to downplay they did no one favor but themselves because what are the three syllables this is a tough one I never did this for you like this way (laughs) what are the three syllables Roger Goodell and the owners fear disdain Hate more, loathe more than anything else. There are three syllables. Uh, disclosure. Those are the three syllables. Thank you, Novi Williams. What did you win, I, Johnny? I, I didn't have. I had you at less than fifty percent because I mean, like, he might know it. I. That's why I talked a little bit more. But I thought yeah. maybe you get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> disclosure. Like you have to do it in like the old days when you're in. Like how many times does my chin go down? Disclosure. Three syllables. Those are them. That's the the end game from the very start was. We must avoid disclosure, not only because of Dan said, or we heard in the ESPN story way back when, Dan's like, I got dirt on a lot of people. Yeah. We have said for years, what owner, how many owners, I'm not, forget NFL, I'm talking in general, how many owners could withstand the scrutiny of a real independent investigation into their behavior, into the behavior in the locker rooms, the boardrooms, uh, the offices, how many could withstand that? 
I'm putting it less than 50-50 that they could withstand it. And to that point about disclosure, I I do know that there were uh, some people in the NFL that were concerned about what Dan was going to do litigious-wise when he left, depending on the process by which it happened, right? And in the end, Dan got to do this largely on his own terms. He got to run a sale process. He got to pick the highest bidder, whatever it is, it it does feel like, and, and, and I think we can criticize this if we want to, but uh, I, the NFL has bent over backwards for Dan Snyder for decades, really, in a way that it probably should not have. But the way the whole ending played out also felt like it was one last, we're not going to have any legal problems here. We're going to sign this. He's going to pay this. Uh, and we're both going to wash our hands and hopefully move forward from it. It's a private club. They can do whatever they want they just want problems from within all right so i'm gonna let you close it out again all right well we will be talking more later this week we've got a guest uh private equity guest coming up uh on wednesday Uh, until then he is scott soshnik on twitter you don't don't, don't say the guest i was gonna leave it as a teaser Really? <laughs> Michael Spirito, I, about, partner at I, Sapphire oh, I was going to say, all right, I'm not sure. In, in the Spirito of cooperation, that's what I was going to say. In the Spirito of cooperation, I won't do it either. But then you went and spilled the beans. Sapphire Ventures, oh, Michael Spirito. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, uh, looking forward to that conversation. Until then, he is Scott Soshnick on Twitter at Soshnick. I am Evan Novi Williams on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. The show is produced by Keith Zanardi and Aaron Greenewald. Thank you to both of them. Sportico's digital media editor, Cora Veltman would like you to know that you can follow this show at Sportacast, the hub of the Sportico Media Network.